Hurt takes the slam. He's back. He's going to run. He's in. Touchdown. Jalen Hurts. The Eagles are just devouring the Giants. And it is A.J. Brown again. Another touchdown. Uh, welcome back to the Link lineup. This is episode four. Uh, we're recording uh, Sunday, August 13th. Uh, after the Eagles had a football game last night, uh, first one, you know, all year. And uh, it was a, uh, a barn burner, if I say so myself. Uh, we uh, played the Ravens in the first preseason game. Uh, if you didn't know, the Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since 2015. And that was the story in the fourth quarter because after the third quarter, it kind of got slow and we needed something, you know, pick up the spirits. And it was close, but ultimately the Eagles lost 19-20. Uh, um, Eagles had a chance to tie it um, after an Eli Ricks pick six, but ultimately tried to go for two because nobody wants to see overtime in the preseason. So good on you, Nick Sirianni. We got our first taste of football. Alongside me, the usual group. We got Bryce and we got Josh. You can follow them on Twitter at I am Bryce Haynes and Josh at VPre2. Um, welcome back, boys. It's always nice to record with you guys. It's my favorite part of the week. Glad to have you. Um, so today, we're going we're gonna to talk about the game last night. We're going to talk about who, who stood out, who didn't, and anything we can think of because. Football's back, and it's like it's like what we're excited for. It's what we, what we want to talk about. So, uh, if you guys wanted to, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk offense first. Uh, offense had a uh, a rough start, I would say, with uh, Marcus Mariota as the quarterback. Uh, you know, you you heard all training camp that you know he was he wasn't great with his arm, but he was a playmaker with his legs, and that's what we saw last night. I'm sure if you've been on Twitter X, um, you'll see a lot of the uh, the passes that look pretty easy, just sell over receivers' heads for Marcus, and uh, you know it just, it just wasn't pretty. So, so Bryce, give me give me your opinion on Marcus Mariota right now. I know he's going to be him in the Tanner McKee matchup. Now there now that there is one, it's going to be a hot topic among Eagles fans. So, give me your take on Marcus Mariota. Um. Right now, it's kind of, I don't know, like you're not seeing great things, but you're not seeing stuff that's terrible, I guess. Like you ain't – it's kind of hard to judge when he's playing because like really you're only going to truly see him in a regular season game is if Jalen needs – is comes up with an injury and needs a couple weeks off or something or it's just crap time at the end of a game and we're up, we're up big. So – Right now, I'm not so – well, for one, I'm not sold, but at the same time, I'm not going to write him off just because I know what he's having to deal with at the moment because that backup offensive line did not look great at all as a unit last night. Uh, there was a couple good spots in it. I thought Suo Opeto played pretty well. Uh, did He did all right. And then uh, Tyler Steen, I think he played well. Uh He's moving from left tackle to right guard, getting reps at both. But with Mariota, um, he looks really good with his legs. 
I, I I didn't really know he still had that kind of athleticism in him still. But like you said, that arm it doesn't look it doesn't look too great. It's just the accuracy kind of thing. I think he's still got all the arm strength that he's had in previous years, but it's just he's got an accuracy problem going on right now. I thought the first one I think of is that he had a pass to Grant Calcaterra and just sailed it into no man's land and where he's got to hit him in that spot. So I don't know. Well, I need, I need to see a little bit more in game. Yeah. And I'm sure you will, because we got two more preseason games to go. And I think they, they want to take some more time to look at Marcus Mariota and see what we have with him. Because ultimately uh, Tanner McKee, who we'll talk about in a second, had a much, much better night and looked much more comfortable in it this offense, even though it is a vanilla offense and, you know, we're not doing anything special. But, you know, Marcus Mariota was 7 for 11 for 58 yards. That is, that's truly just uninspiring um, football. And, like, to me, he didn't pass the eye test. And, Josh, I'm assuming for you it's the same way. Give me your opinion on Marcus Mariota from last night's game. Yeah, I mean, uh, like Bryce said, uh, he was good, on, good with his legs, the arm – um, and accuracy, you know, left something to be desired. Um, I mean, frankly, after last night, I would I would be okay uh, yep, with Tanner McKee being the backup and Marcus Mariota being the third string. Um, you know, obviously, there's a few couple more preseason games to go, and uh, Mariota does have you know more of that does have like actual NFL experience as opposed to McKee. But um, yeah, I mean, he's just leaving a lot to be desired, uh, even from a backup quarterback perspective. You just you want somebody who's going to be able to put the ball where the receivers like have a chance to get it. And uh, he just – he sails passes too often. Yeah. And this is like the – this is the funniest full circle moment is because obviously you guys remember during the Chip Kelly years, we were going to sell the farm for Marcus Mariota. And, you know, this is – obviously this isn't like Marcus had his best, but it's just funny because of what could have been, you know. And you know, now he's on the team. And now from what we've seen from Eagles fans, is like we don't even want him on the team at this point. Um, but like like we said, he did good on his legs, you know, using his legs. He was four for 29 in that department. Um, but ultimately, at, in the NFL level, you don't want a, a rush first type quarterback because too many athletic freaks are playing on the, def- on the defensive side and they will stop you. Um, so at the same time, I think, honestly – what might help with Marcus Moore, I think these joint practices coming up are going to mean a lot more to the team and to him than, say, these preseason games are. I don't know. I feel like the NFL is just trending more that way where preseason games aren't as big a deal as kind of they used to be. And a lot of teams are focusing more on getting backup players, backup quarterbacks in with, like, the first team line or the – you're not going to – well, at the same time, you're not going to see Jalen with, like, the second string line or nothing like that. But uh, it'd be I, – I don't know. I think these joint practices are going to tell a lot more about the team than these preseason games will. Yeah, ultimately, I can see a, I can see a season, like, in the, in the near future where preseason – they might have one preseason game because we're doing so many more joint practices nowadays. You get your real, like, preseason in with those practices. Because, um, like, we're, we're going up against the Browns this week. And we want to see a lot of Jalen Hurts against the starters. And we won't see that on on TV, on your preseason game. It's just, you know, it's there in practice. It's, it's in a practice setting. It's the the injury risk is a lot less in those type of settings as well. So you, you ultimately the goal is to 
A, find out who you have on your team that can make an impact or who has potential to make an impact. And B, you want to go into the season and make sure you have as many healthy people as you possibly can. So, you know, that's that's what we want, and that's what the Eagles are ultimately doing. That's why they're going to light practices and no starter playing <clears throat> in the preseason. Now, we're going to turn the page. We're going to talk about Tanner McKee. Uh, as soon as he got inserted into the game, it seemed like even though, like I said, we're, we're running a vanilla-style offense, he just seemed so much more like a quarterback, and he was, like, comfortable, and he was making plays. His first play was, like, a 20 something yard pass. I can't remember who it was to. Right down the middle. I think it was was it Johnny King? Mm-hmm. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. It was thirty three yards because that was Johnny King's only uh, catch. Uh side note, change his number right now. I don't care what number is available. Forty three on a wide receiver is disgusting and is criminal. So <laughs> please please change that. He's a tall son of a bitch though. I'll give him he, that. He's Golly. six he's six five, I believe. If I remember <laughs> dude is huge. Yeah. He's six five and that's an exciting prospect to have on like a practice squad, especially if he doesn't make the team. Um, but so far, he's looked good. We'll cross that bridge in a second. So right now is the, is the MVP of the night, Tanner McKee, who 10 for 20, 148. 50% pass completion is okay, but it's preseason at the end of the day. You know, you're not – you don't have your playmakers out there that, that you typically have in a normal game. But like I say, he looked comfortable. He – he even ran a little bit. He got he got one rush for seven yards, and you know, that's not his strength. But coming out of college, his strength was accuracy, and you, he put it on full display. And I think that's what the Eagles wanted to see. So, you know, you know, good on them for picking him up in the fifth round, sixth round. So I think he made a case for uh, definitely locking up the third quarterback spot. And then if Marcus continues to play the way he's playing like he did last night, there is a case for Tanner McKee to be uh, the backup quarterback. I can see that later on. Um, Bryce, Tanner McKee, talk to me. He looked good, man. Uh, not a whole lot you can really say about him. Uh, he missed some throws here and there, but at the same time, like like you said, you ain't got your playmakers out there. Uh, some of the guys, I mean, some of your first-team guys make catches that those guys – Last night wouldn't can't make. Uh, I don't know, man. He looked good. I, that's all you can really say about him right now. Uh, I don't know if I'm so quick to put him, jump him up to number two yet, just because he's so fact he's a rookie. It's his, it's his first game. Uh, I think he's like I said, these joint practices going against live in practice. Uh, you're gonna see a lot more. I think you can digress or. See what you got a little bit easier with with that than a than a preseason game, but I don't know. I'm in, I'm interested to see on where where this his development goes and what becomes of Tanner McKee. Yeah, definitely, and I may be overreacting because looking back at my notes from last night at 7:52, I posted Tanner McKee delivers a dot first play. Then immediately after that, I said he clearly is a better pass than Marcus. By 8.09, I put Tanner McKee, the future Hall of Famer. So I may be overreacting. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, but it was, he was exciting to watch. And, Josh, I'm sure you agree with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you really can't ask for much more uh, 
from a I forget what round he was drafted, fifth or sixth round, but uh, one of those two. It's one of those two. One of those two. And uh, yeah, I mean, you really can't ask for much more. He definitely, you know, he didn't disappoint. Uh, showed better accuracy than Marcus, which is, I mean, uh, you know, you like to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely promising, and uh, yeah, trajectory is definitely on the way up for him. Yeah, and you know, it sixth round by the way. It he might not be the backup quarterback this year, but in all seriousness, I can see it being a thing next year. And then, you know, he's the backup quarterback for the next two or three years, and hopefully we can capitalize on a trade if his, de- if his development continues to, you know, go up. So that's, like, the ultimate plan for the Eagles here. Um, you know, in my opinion, it's just develop him, have him in the backup role, get rid of him for some assets in return. Keep Ian Book off the field. Yep, Ian Book's the next person we're talking about here. Uh, Ian Book looked more like Carson Wentz than you know I've seen in a long time. Uh, <laughs> he he did so I, he passed for eleven yards, which is one for four, eleven yards terrible. However, he took two sacks for twenty-one yards, so that's negative eleven yards if my math correct uh, total. So from what I saw, he's very athletic. Don't get me wrong, he's very athletic, and I can see why he got drafted. I believe in the fourth round by the Saints, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Ultimately, he didn't throw the ball away. He wanted to try to make something happen. This is in college where you can, you you might be the most athletic person on the field as a quarterback. This is the NFL. There's so many more athletic people out there than you are. So if you got somebody breathing down your neck, you can't. You got to get rid of it or something. You can't, you know, run backwards, run east and west. You got to make something happen. But ultimately, that's his. That's his issue. I can definitively say he lost his chance at the third spot um, on the team last night. Uh, I hope we don't ever see him play again, but I'm sure we're going to in the next two games. But I can say whenever we do our uh, 53-man roster predictions, the last one, the final one, he's not going to make, make the team. Uh, Josh, did you, did you see anything positive out of Ian Book last night, or is it just awful? I mean, like you said, he's athletic. Uh, that's about where his positives end for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, if he shows something in the joint practices that the coaches like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, he's not going to pass up Tanner McKee or Marcus Mariota. And we're not going to take four quarterbacks into the season. So at this point, he's just making a audition to maybe hopefully make another team's roster. Yeah. I, I think he might, I think he might keep him in the practice squad, but I think that's about it. Uh, Bryce, give me something. Give me something good. I ain't, you ain't going to get nothing good out of me, buddy. I promise you. That guy stinks, man. I don't ever I, – I don't know, man. Like, I'm just going to reiterate, he's athletic. That is it. That's all he's got going for him right now. He just looked – honestly, he looked scared last night. He looked terrified to throw the football. I don't – I don't – like, he doesn't trust himself or doesn't trust the guys around him to make a play. But I don't know. I just don't want to see him on the field anymore. Yeah, I don't. I, I think every Eagles fan, you know, agrees. I thought they should have put Tanner back in and just try to go for the win. I mean, golly, man. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Keep everybody everybody probably agrees with you with that that statement there. Uh, so you know, overall, quarterbacks Tanner McKee was awesome. Everybody else kind of stunk. Um, you know, you know, back in the day, the first preseason game, you get the starters for like a series and you know something to look forward to. Nowadays, you just don't get that. Unless you're running back, and guess what? We got to see DeAndre Swift. We got to see Rashad Penny play. Um, 
Ooh. Bless you, by the way. Bless you. Bless you. Um, DeAndre, Swift, DeAndre Swift uh, looked good. He looked good. Um, he only carried the ball two times. But two times for 24, 24 yards. Uh, and, you know, Bryce, what do you think? You know, are you excited about uh, him? I'm excited, man. I think he's going to be a stud. Is If he can stay healthy, uh, I think he's your number one. Um, I don't get the whole situation of them not dressing Kenny Gainwell last night. That was confusing to me. I didn't get it. I think every running back needs – they needed some reps last night. But I think DeAndre Swift is going to be a stud. I think he's going to be your number one this year, uh, running and receiving out of the backfield. Um, I That one run that he had, uh, that's something we did not see from Miles Sanders. I'll go ahead and say that right now. You don't see that kind of run from Miles. Miles is going east to west. DeAndre stuck his foot in the ground, made one guy miss, got straight up field. Ran somebody over. You ain't going to see Miles run nobody over. Uh, I'm very excited to see DeAndre Swift behind our number one offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you brought up a point there. I know you, Boston Scott and, and Kenneth Gainwell didn't didn't dress. And I think part of that's just because they were on the team last year. And, you know, I, I get it. But this whole thing that I've seen lately, or at least in the past 12 hours or so, that, you know, Kenneth Gainwell is our number one running back. Stop. It, it's not. It's not him. He's he was awesome in the in the playoffs last year, but other than that, I can't tell you a time where I was like, this guy is our number one. Even with Miles Sanders on the team, I don't now think we, he has the make and model to be a number one. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't see it in him. Yeah, personally, like, I, I just don't see it. He's like a good. He's like a good like change of pace guy. Like he's kind of like a do it all type player, but. I don't see him as, you know, I know it's a running back by committee, but I don't see him as like that, that, that lead, that lead guy, you know, it just, it just doesn't seem like it'll be him. And so I, I don't understand what people are talking like that, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but like I said, I, I passed it off to you early because I know you were excited about DeAndre Swift and you know, we talked about that play uh, before we got on here. So you know, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be an Eagles fan just because we have somebody that seems like that can be electric. Um, sure. What's your outlook on him, Chase? What do you think he, he projects this season? So here's, here's the thing. I'm glad we got him. I think he's going to be great. Obviously, if he can stay healthy, that's the biggest, if and that's, that's the biggest, if on Rashad Penny as well is if they can stay healthy. And what's awesome is I feel like in the past five or ish years, we haven't had a screen game. I've, I've, it's been a long time since I've seen the quarterback drop, drop it off, like in, with a screen game. You know, other than like these, those tight end screens that we run sometimes, like football and the wide receiver screens. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, like a little halfback, look, a little slip screen. I'm, I'm here for it, especially if it creates a lot of, uh, like a chunk of yards. And that's why I think the underswift will excel at as well as, is in the passing game. So you add that element to the offense, an already explosive offense. I mean, like, we could do it all because Jalen Jalen's want to push the ball downfield. He's going to tear you up on the intermediate routes. And in the short game, I think the short game is our weakest part. And if we had a screen and, like, the threat of a legitimate check down option, it's going to be tough to, to stop the Eagles offense. Um, so, Josh, I know we spent a minute talking about DeAndre Swift. What are, you, what are your opinions on him? 
Yeah, I mean, that first touch was fantastic. I haven't seen a uh, Eagles running back be able to do that since probably the year we won the Super Bowl. I mean, Jay Ajayi or uh, LeGarrette Blunt probably might, maybe not as – Blunt might not be as shifty, but uh, it was nice to see an Eagles running back actually run somebody over. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think uh, – even though we're going with running back by committee, Swift will end up being the leading rusher, the leading uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know him and Penny both have the injury issues. I think um, Penny more so. I mean, Swift, he's missing like three or four games a year usually. Um, but, you know, when we have a stable running backs like this, I think that'll help us manage their workloads and, you know, maximize the most out of everybody. Um, but like you guys were saying, Gainwell, while he's a great change of pace back, he's definitely not. Um, you know, he's never going to be that like one A or one B or like that leading rusher for us. I don't think. I think I think you'll always be like the two, the two, and that, that's fine. That's you can make a, a great career out of that. I mean, Darren Sproles did it, so I mean, yeah. it's not nothing yeah. wrong with it. And Josh, you brought up a good point there. Um, I listened to a lot of the interviews, like the player interviews with the media, and Rashad Penny hit on it a lot. He, he continues to bring it up. He said there's never – he's never been in an organization that focuses more on player health than the Eagles. And um, they always taking care of players' bodies. Like, that's their number one priority. Um, so, I think that them two, Swift and Penny, coming into this organization, I don't – there's a really good chance that they will play all 16 games this year. And being in a committee – is going to even help that even more because they're not having to see the field as much. Uh, they, they get a breath, get a breather, um, check out for a couple of plays, get right back in there, and just continue to rotate themselves. They're not taking near as much punishment as, in this uh, backfield. Yeah. And the thing about the running back position that, a lot, that like a, not a lot of people think about is most plays, like 90% of the plays, you're, getting, you're taking a hit. You're, you're running, you're blocking – or if you're if it, if it is a passing play, unless like if you catch the ball, you're getting hit as well. So you know you're taking a lot of hits, and if you split that up and you play like a third of the team snaps, the injury risk definitely drops significantly. So uh, we're going to combine Rashad Penny and Trey Sermon, I guess Kenny Brooks, um, in this little next segment. Rashad Penny, there was a lot of chatter that he doesn't look explosive. And they, People don't like what they see out of him from that game. I think he looked all right. Not every play, not not every game, you're going to have a home run, you know, carry. And you know, he he may he might look like he he's a little slower, but we also don't have this great offensive line like he's running behind. So he can, he was nine for thirty four. So that's uh, let me do my math here. That is I'm actually three point eight. Yeah, yeah, three point eight per carry, which is okay. It's not, like, great, but it's okay, especially given the, the line he's... Circumstances that you're yeah. running in. Yeah, so that's fine. Uh, so I don't get why people were, like, so down on him, but, you know, we tend to overreact as a, as a, as a fan base, and that's, yeah. that's part of what makes us fun and sometimes frustrating. Um, Trey Sermon, a lot of people are like, oh, Trey looks good. I, my opinion, Trey didn't take advantage of Rashad Penny looking like he was a little like slow, I guess. Trey had nine carry for, for 21 yards. I could do the math on that one. That's, le- that's less than three. So that's not good. He had a touchdown. That's awesome. It was a two yard touchdown. 
but he didn't look like he was explosive. He didn't look like he was going to break a couple tackles or anything like that. He he looked he just looked like a a fourth fifth string running back. And that's what he is. Yeah. I think that might be all he is at this point. Uh, Kenny Brooks, you fumble the ball, dude. Like you, you got yanked in the preseason game where you're supposed to be showcasing your skills. You got yanked. That is that is a sign that you're not gonna make this team, buddy. And I wish you the best of luck. Um, you know, that's that's bad. That's bad. You can't you can't have that. You can't have that. Uh, Josh, talk to me about the the next, I guess, three running backs that we have. What what, what do you think? What do you think happened with Rashad Penny? Do you think are you worried about him? And then Trey Sermon because that's the people's champ right now. <laughs> um, so Rashad Penny. I mean, I'm not really worried. I think uh, you know. Like you said, they're playing behind that backup offensive line, which does them no favors. Uh, when they're playing behind our our starters, I think they'll have a lot more. You know, there'll be better holes. There'll be um, you know, just more opportunities for them. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I think um, Rashad Penny will definitely definitely take advantage of that. Um, I mean, as is frankly, after uh, you know, behind Swift and Gainwell, we really don't need the rest of our running backs to be dynamic. They just kind of have to find the hole, hit it and take their four or five yards. I mean, our offensive line is going to create enough opportunities that they don't have to do anything special. They just have to not fumble it. And, uh, and, you know, just be able to give the other guys a breather. I think Penny and, uh, Penny and Sermon could both do that. They, you know, they're serviceable. They're not going to, they're not world beaters. They're not probably ever going to be the pro bowl players. Um, and Penny might have it in them, but with a running back by committee and with his injury issues, you know, probably not. But um, yeah, I mean, so I'm not worried about them, but you know, they're nothing special, but they're not not the worst. Bryce, uh, not so quick, uh, not so quick to write off Penny. Uh, we've said it before; I'll say it again. Um, this backup offensive line doesn't do you any favors, and it just don't. Uh, really interested to see what these joint practices do. You know what I mean? Like, I I need to see these guys behind this number one's offensive line and uh, go against a different different color of jerseys. Because uh, when you play against your uh, same 11 every every day, every week in practice, you you, you don't see the looks that you want to see. Uh, you need to go against different competition, uh, different schemes, um, different players, see how they react uh, to your backfield, to your offensive line. So uh, – no, I'm not. I'm not ready to write off Rashad Penny or or Trey Rich Thurman just yet. But like you said, I'd like to see a little bit more out of Trey. Yeah, absolutely. And what you got to remember is Rashad Penny's coming off a tibia fracture. You know, he he he's getting his feet wet again. Um, and like having a lower leg injury, you're going to be kind of nervous to take those first couple of hits. You know, you know, I've never had that type of injury before, but. I can only imagine what it does to you mentally. So, yeah, sure, maybe he he looked a little slower. But I think when the whenever the, the true lights come on of an NFL season, he, he'll shine. I'm not worried about him. And I I don't think that the Eagles fans should either. Um, so, moving on. Wide receivers, this was, this was going to be the, the topic that I wanted to talk about the most. Except for Joseph and God, I didn't get the ball quite a bit. So, um upset about bummer absolutely. <laughs> yeah absolute just sad face um but we got we had some good performances greg ward five for 53 it's nice to see greg ward still out there he's been on the team for like eight years it seems like i mean it's nice to see him out there still he's not gonna make the team but 
I have a feeling he's going to be on the practice squad until he retires or he can't do it anymore. He just, he's just awesome to watch, and he's like a, a nice story. You know, he was a quarterback at, at Houston, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he turned into a, a Super Bowl champ. He was on the practice squad, but, hey, you got the ring, right? So that's all that matters. Uh, I'll always remember him for that game-winning <laughs> touchdown in Washington on Josh Norman. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, had some, he's had some memorable plays, too. And, you know, it's – He's he's always fun to cheer for. He's gonna make the the Eagles Hall of Fame, not not the actual Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Fame in our hearts. So that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyree Cleveland had a had a pretty good game. Uh, that's the guy I was gonna talk about. Yeah, five for sixty eight. I don't know too much about him to be honest, um, but I know he's he's making some plays in camp. Heard about him, um, and then to round it out, Johnny King had one catch for thirty three yards, six foot five, tall guy, tall guy to have catching the ball, um, and then. Hazelwood, two for thirty, cool. And Joseph Ngata had a great thirty-one yard catch that got, you know, taken away because of a pass interference. Great catch, great ball, by the way, but yeah. ultimately didn't happen. I can't wait to talk about him next next week when he goes, you know, five catches, two hundred fifty yards. Um, but Bryce, I know you want to talk about Tyree Cleveland. Tell us more about him if you know anything about him. Uh, so he's a. He's a pretty good prospect coming out of college. Uh, I believe he was on the Browns before he came to Philly. Uh, not, I think it was two years ago he actually came over. Um, big body receiver. Uh, got some good size to him. Uh, I don't think he's really much of a burner. He's more of a uh, contested catch kind of guy. Uh, the Broncos, I, by the way. Broncos, excuse me. Um but I think he he's gonna be a pretty good player uh, if he gets some more reps. I don't I don't know if he'll make a team, but he made a good case for it in one game. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I'm interested to see what what he does in these uh these other two preseason games. He looked like he attacked the ball well. He, yeah, he, he did. He, he looked like he wasn't letting the ball come to him. He looked like he as soon as he saw the ball, he went up and attacked it, and that's what you like to see. Um, what about the other wide receivers? You got anybody else that that stood out to you? Uh. Johnny King, he's got some good size, man. I, I'm interested to see on how they develop him. Uh, big body, he's a big body receiver. He's he's real skinny though. I mean, he ain't got a lot of weight to him, but he towers over a lot of people. That dude's huge. Uh, he made a pretty good catch. That was, that was a really good throw. That I thought uh, it was Tanner McKee. I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? Yeah, through that. Was it Marcus? Was it Marcus or Ian? Yeah, but uh, no, I thought that was a damn good throw. Um, I'm interested to see on what they do with him too. Joseph, hate to see that 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 flag. Uh, like you said, Chase, great throw. I don't think great it was. Catch. I don't think it was pass interference. I think they were just it being. They're, they're, I don't think they'd call it in regular season. I think because it's preseason, they're going to call it and be like, "Hey, look." Yeah, I noticed that with a lot of the flags. I was like, some of them were kind of questionable. I was like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't call a lot of these and. In a regular season football game, like that but, Josh Joe PI that they they called, that, yeah, that, that, that wasn't that, that wasn't that shit was weak, man. Yeah. I was like, what is that? Yeah, but but uh, Joseph, uh, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to show something in these he, next two. He looks like a, a wide receiver though. He's like he's like he's built like a solid wide receiver, and so yeah. I was like at eighty six, it looks like a, he looks like an old school wide receiver with that number on. You know, it's it's not pretty, but I mean. <laughs> You know, early two thousands receiver. Yeah, it's crazy because you know back in the day, eighty six was like a like a, like a prime wide receiver number. Now it's like bottom of the barrel roster. 
but you know, the wide receiver group is fun to watch because I feel like we have a, we have a nice group of like young, talented players. I feel like they all play with like a a certain attitude. You know what I mean? I feel like all of them attack the ball kind of well. They play with like a chip on their shoulder. A lot of them do. I can see that and how they play, but I don't know. I'm interested to see what what happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny how far we've come. You know. As a team, because you know we used to have Jalen Rager who would not attack a ball, or JJ Ortega Whiteside who couldn't catch a ball and wouldn't attack the ball. So we we we've come a long, long way. Um, now, Josh, I'm curious to think about. I'm curious to hear about what you thought about the uh, the performance from the young the young guns. I guess uh, who stood out to you and who did anybody disappoint you? Um. Yeah. I mean, they looked promising. I definitely would have liked to see. Uh, Joseph Nagata get more opportunities. I think he had one catch for four yards. Yep. Um, definitely would have liked to see more out of him, especially after all the hype from training camp. I'm sure we or, will the rest of the Or just me. I, I hyped him up pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you was ready to give this guy a gold jacket based on two weeks. Hey, there's two games left. I'll write him out. Yeah, I mean, like you just said, I mean, it's such a uh, – it feels so good to be in this position in terms of receivers as compared to just a couple of years ago. I mean, we had Jalen Rager, Arcega Whiteside. I mean, because you just were uh, speaking about Greg Ward a minute ago, and I remember um, he seemed he usually didn't make the team, but I mean, there was always talk that he probably should be on the team and like as high as even like a receiver three or four. And uh, and I would have been a fan of that. I mean, this year he's not even in the conversation. Uh, um, that, that says a lot about the talent that we have with the, the younger people because he's he's a like solid. Greg gets overlooked, man. Greg he's gets as solid as they come. Yeah, he he's about as solid as a wide receiver since like Jason Avant. Like he reminds me of him. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, no. Um, I completely agree. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, he's a very solid receiver. So just the fact that he's not even in the conversation to make the roster this year just speaks to how far we've come in terms of uh, you know, just the talent in the receiver room. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the, the young guys look promising. Tyree Cleveland had a good game. Um, I mean, he's been in Denver for the last three years. I think he has a total of like eight catches over three years. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's room to grow. And obviously, like last night, you'd rather him have a game like that than not. But uh, I don't think anybody last night really moved the needle in terms of like making the roster or not. So, um, if anything, the guy's stock might have fallen a bit, but I think he'll. He's got plenty of time to bring that back up. Yeah, but you know, it might be best case scenario that his stock drops because, you know, if he if he shines in the preseason, it it, it makes us have like this, you know, tough decision come you know final cuts and a team could pick could claim off the waivers and we don't want that. So if we can if he doesn't make the team, we can stash him on the practice squad. Awesome. Um, is there a wide receiver that didn't make any noise at all? I'm looking at the the depth chart. Britton Covey didn't play. Johnny King did. Greg Ward. I was interested. King. I was interested to see on Jaden Hazelwood. Uh, he was a pretty good recruit coming out of high school and in, into college. Uh, I was interested to see what he was going to do. He hadn't heard a lot about him in in training camp. He's a big body receiver. That dude's built like a shit brick house. Uh, but he, he made what was it? Two for thirty, as you you said. Two like, for thirty. I mean, that ain't bad. But you'd like to see a little bit more, but I don't know. I was just curious on what he was going to do. And at the end of the day, preseason is, is either you have a like an accurate like quarterback, or you're having Ian Book throw you passes. And so wide receivers don't really get their shine. 
a lot in preseason. Uh, that's why training camp practices, whenever you take reps with your starting quarterback, you get to shine a little bit more just because you have a chance to make a play. But um, other than that, we have the tight ends to talk about. I don't have anything to really say about them. They, uh, they didn't make any plays. I know that I think Grant Calcaterra dropped the pass, which, you know, is not good, especially because that's like his, his strength. <clears throat> Dan Arnold caught a ball on like third and eight, got seven yards, looked directly at the at the first time marker and didn't even attempt to like stretch for it. So awareness on Madden should be at zero. Uh, <laughs> who else do we have? Brady Russell. I didn't even know he, was yeah, know he dropped it. So uh, yes, yeah, you know, not, not not a good showing from the, the backup tight ends. Luckily, we have Dallas Goddard. But did Jack Stoll play? I, I he did. Thought he played. I believe he did. Yeah. One catch, six yards. But I think he probably dropped the pass too. Um, <laughs> but we didn't hear anything about him other other than like actually anything to be honest. I don't remember even seeing him play. Um, it's one of my holes coming into the season. So I guess it's one of my like just tight end depth. Like it's you got a significant drop off after Dallas Goddard, and it's bad because Dallas Goddard hasn't been able to show you these past couple of years that he's been able to stay healthy and play a full full season. That's not good, man. Yeah, I mean, it. Let's just call it what it is. It's not a good thing. Uh, you have that far of a drop off, and somebody who's that much of a contributor to your offensive playbook, let alone. He can open up your playbook ten times more when Dallas Goddard's on the field compared to when he's not. You limit yourself uh, when he's not able to play. So I don't know. Like you said, it is not a good showing. Yeah, I definitely think that it's an underrated need um, going into the season. Probably going into the next off season, I could see them drafting a tight end high or picking up a young tight end, you know, and spending some money on one. Because having two tight ends that are solid, along with Devontae Smith, AJ Brown whoever we have running back in the future, that's that's deadly. But the, the fact of the matter is we throw Jackstall out there to block. And mm-hmm. that's just that's just like not cool to like have him as just a blocking tight end whenever he's not really even a threat in the passing game. Not even like a little bit. He'll, like, he'll catch a ball on like, you know, run across the field, catch a ball, but like nothing else. You can't trust him downfield like you can with Dallas. And Grant hasn't shown that he's able to make these big-time plays. So the the tight end group has kind of been a letdown, um, obviously besides Dallas Goddard. Um, but did Tyree Jackson suit up last night. Tyree I Jackson didn't get any catches. Tyree Jackson did. He was targeted once and didn't catch it, uh, which is sad because you know he's he's had great camps, but he's been like fizzling away, you know. But you know, it's I can see them making a move for a tight end. I can like before the season starts. Because like if Dallas Goddard goes down, then it's not fun. It's not good. It's not good at all. I just can't. I, I'm trying to think of a, like some names out there that you could try to make a move for. But I would, I would say you're thinking of like maybe getting like an older tight end, somebody who's maybe close to out of their prime. But I, I don't know. I couldn't really think of anybody like maybe like a Hunter Henry kind of guy. But I don't know we, if we they probably- can somehow get David and Joku. I think he would fit well, but I think he's kind of for some reason I feel like in Joku he was he like fell out of the rotation like fell out of like the scheming for Cleveland and like this past year 
bolstered like bolstered himself back into it. Like he was really good this past year, from what I remember. But I don't know. I don't know what it would take to get a guy like that. Maybe we can talk Gronk out of retirement. Um, <laughs> but anything anybody else want to add about the tight ends before we move on to the offensive line? Cameron Braid's a free agent. I don't know if he has anything left in the tank, but I mean, he's got to be he's better like than what 40. we have. <laughs> he's 32. He's, he's got to be better than what I feel like Cameron Braid's been had, in the league since though. I was like a kid. <laughs> yeah, but I think he's he's been injury prone too, I think, but who cares? He's TB number two. But uh, I guess moving on to the uh, the offensive line, um, not really much that I can say because the Ravens broadcast didn't put any, up any, like, any replays or anything really. Uh, so they suck. They did at broadcasting. Suck. Yeah, yeah. It was hard to keep up with anything really because, especially on on the defensive side, watching like who made a tackler. They don't. They don't like who made the play. They don't even like bring up the person's name. They're like they're not even like tackled by this guy. Or I've never heard somebody mention David Ajabo's name more than that Ravens broadcast in my life, dude. I was, yeah. I get so I got so tired of hearing that. I was, I was like, I was not enjoying it. Luckily, the next two games will be the Eagles broadcast that we'll see um, on NFL Network. Where, if you want to, you can watch on the NFL Plus. Um, but the one thing that I saw is like Tyler Steen. I think it was the first, the first drive. Uh, the Ravens sent the blitz and used at left tackle, I believe. He he got caught in no man's land, and there was two two rushers that he could have blocked. He blocked neither of them. And so it ended up with a sack. However, it looked like he bounced back and had a had a pretty good game. And then I think he even played right guard um, toward mm-hmm. like the, the second quarter. I think Dennis Kelly had a rough game, a down game. Oh, bad! It was yeah. bad. I saw I saw a couple of pass like pass protection snaps from him. So I can't remember who it was, but they were whooping his ass, dude. Somebody hit him with a spin move, and he didn't know where he went. <laughs> and it was bad, bro. Yeah. So, you know, that's not good because he's supposed to be – He's you want him to be your swing tackle if something happens. Uh, but other than that, I think Josh Seals got the got the start, which is which is weird because he wasn't – He came cool. on quick. Yeah. I didn't I didn't expect to see that. I mean, he just got activated like last week, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about that. So, um, I didn't think he was going to be in game shape. You know what I mean? I didn't think he was gonna be like prepared for it. I I guess I want to see what they have with him. To be honest, um, I but, remember like before the allegations came out and stuff like that. They they liked him. Like they right. they kept him around. They uh, Jeff Stoutland raved about him a couple times in in some press conferences that he had a couple years for the past couple years, and they raved about him. They seemed like they really they really like him and want to keep him around. Well. You know, uh, my takeaway from this Tosh team is well, he's gonna be he'll be good. He'll be he'll be very good once they figure out what they want to do with him. Because he's got a mean streak to him. It yeah. seemed like he's quick to fight somebody. <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's very violent. That's what I put it on my notes. Is like once he gets a hold of you and he knocks you down, he's gonna make you stay on the ground. And he wants to pancake somebody. Uh, so that's awesome to see from like a fan's perspective. But sometimes that distracts you from like the bigger picture of going up to the next level and getting that second block. But I mean, if he wants to kill somebody on the field, go for it. Um, <laughs> so I don't have anything else to add about the, the line, the lineman. Um, Josh, you got anything you want to talk about with him or we already cover it. 
Uh, I mean, you guys covered it pretty well. Um, yeah, nothing really to add. Just uh, I'm always confident as long as we have Stoutland that the offensive line is going to do its job. No matter who we have to plug in, he'll coach them up, get them up to speed. So, you know. Yeah, and I think that's the most important thing is, like, who are offensive line coaches? I mean, he took somebody that's never played football before in their life and made them a starting left tackle. Um, Pro Bowl left tackle, too. Pro Bowl left tackle, exactly. And, you know – so I have faith. I, no matter what happens with the line, I have faith. So like, if somebody goes down, I, I don't care. I, I mean, I do care, but I don't care. Uh, so, well, always adjust. Exactly, exactly. Moving on to uh, to defense. Defense was kind of <clears> fun <throat> to watch last night, uh, for the most part. The line. Uh, I know what we want to talk about real quick is uh, Jalen Carter uh, played two snaps. Monster, dude! Oh my god, he's gonna be so good, dude. Yeah, it, it's a shame we only get to see two snaps of him, but those two snaps were cinema. Yeah. Uh, so that was awesome to watch, just to see him, just club club buddy, and move on to the quarterback was awesome. And then Noah Smith was right there with him. Uh, Noah Smith had an up and down game. It looked like he he's getting his feet wet. Still, he came back. He's this is his first game back from an injury. Um, they suffered in college, so he's still getting his feet wet, you know, and he's still adjusting to not being like the strongest person on the field, you know. Uh, who else? Who else we got to talk about on the line? Derek Barnett. He played six snaps. You were invisible those six, those six <laughs> snaps. Uh, you should be making plays, but I will say this: no penalty from Derek Barnett. So clap it up for him. That's right. Clap Good job, buddy. That was almost my bold prediction for that. So, you know, that's, that's a start. That's good. That's good. But there's only six snaps, so who knows what happened on that seventh snap. Uh, let's see. Uh, anybody else, like, like second string-wise that I'm missing? I think Jordan, Jordan Davis played. But yeah, he did. Moro, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Then Moro Ajomo. Looked damn so, good. Like, Looked good. It looked good. It looked great, actually. Uh, always in the backfield, seemed like. Uh, drew a holding call because he was just tearing Buddy up. Um, got tackled for loss. Uh, I mean, great. Uh, I was going to bring up something. Um, we mentioned Jordan Davis. I got on Twitter, and I seen there's a couple of people disappointed in Jordan Davis. Like, I'm not sure what people are looking for from him. He's a big dude who can clog up a hole. And stop the run. If you're just expecting him to beat like this outstanding great pass rusher coming out of college, you are completely wrong and you're lying to yourself. Like it, it wasn't gonna happen. Like he's that's just not his strong suit. It's not what he it's not what he is. But he's he's got the athleticism and I'm sure I think he's got the work ethic to maybe catapult himself and work himself into being a better pass rusher, maybe a four five sack season. I think that's a great season from him and a couple of tackles for loss and a good number amount of them. And uh, just, I think he's more of a situational player. Like you throw him in there on like first, second down and say it's like a third and short or something. And you're stacking the box. Uh, that's when you get that guy in there, but they built this defensive line on a rotation for a purpose. Like they, they brought in players to fit strengths for situations, if that makes sense. Like Jalen Carter is an excellent pass rusher, good run stuffer. He's 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 still a good run stopper, 
but he excels in pass rushing uh, where you got Jordan Davis, who's the complete opposite. Really good run stopper, not as great in, in uh, pass rushing. I don't know. <clears throat> I was just kind of disappointed to see on Twitter. Some people were kind of like upset about him and not so high on him right now. I don't know. Josh, were you with this? Were you disappointed at all? No, I mean, I have high expectations for him just like everybody else. Um, I think he can eventually develop into being a uh, solid pass rusher. But, I mean, uh, like Bryce, like you said, I'm, I mean, he's there to stuff the run. He's there to draw double teams. He's there to open up, you know, lanes for everybody else and make everyone else's lives easier. His job is really not to get to the quarterback. It's just, you know, to eat up blockers and be, what, six, seven, three fifty. Big guy. That's a big guy. I think what you want, in all honesty, if he does, if he's like, I know he's, we're, not, we're never going to do like an every down like interior lineman, right? That's just not that's just not happening. Those guys are huge. They need a break. <clears throat> but if he if he wants to become like a like a good pass rusher, it might not be getting to the quarterback. It might just be eating double teams. Or if Jalen Carter is getting double team, like causing like disruption by beating one guy. So either take the double team and just live with it, just being that guy that, that forces them. Or if you're if your buddy right across from you is taking two people, you you cause you cause the havoc. And that's what you want in them. And the running game, yeah, he's gonna be huge because he's gonna be causing he's gonna be needing double teams. Him and Jalen both. So, you know, I can see where people are disappointed. I can see where people kind of maybe maybe down on him, but I, he's still an athletic freak. And there's no denying that. And I believe there's no has- there's no chance for you to block him one on one. Like there's <laughs> like every time you see that guy in a one on one, that offensive lineman is being drove backwards. Like there's like you can't block him one on one. So he's always going to face a double team, which makes Jalen Carter's life easier. Nolan Smith, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat makes all their lives easier because they're going to be in one on one situations. Brandon Graham. Fletcher Cox, all of them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just makes everybody's life easier. I mean, if you got Jalen Carter on a one-on-one, you're in for a world of hurt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're in you're in trouble. It's just I, – I have high expectations for him, but I think my expectations are suited for him. I feel like some people's expectation for him is not really suited to his play style, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like this is the last thing – this is the last thing I'll say about this. Um, you know, I know we didn't talk about a lot about Ojomo, and that's that's cool. You know, it, it is what it is. He he is a he seems like he's going to be crazy when it comes to you know stopping the run and honestly probably probably pass rushing. But two people we want to talk about are Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, and then I guess Nolan Smith. But Nolan Smith, like I said, we talked about him. He had a, he had an up and down game. But those two in particular, I think the expectations are are a little too high. Because I think I heard something. A rookie like lineman averaged like two and two and a half sacks per year. And so if you're thinking Jalen Carr is going to come in and just be Aaron Donald right away, it's just not going to happen. He might be better than the two and a half sacks. And that'd be a great over-under for our over-under show. But you know, you gotta let them grow. You know, they're still they're still young, they're still learning the game of football. So like they're not gonna be these all pro players right away, but the ultimately you don't, you don't want to see him give up on plays. And I feel like Jordan Davis, I think he had question marks with like kind of like his motor. Yeah. Giving up, you know, and like being lazy 
lazy. But you know, ultimately, we have we have our future is bright on on the defensive line, especially if Noah Smith can figure out how to have some finesse in his game, and Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis both just continue to grow and learn as players. Um, so that's the last thing I'll say about that. Anything anybody else want to add before we move on to the uh, the linebacking core? I think it's just exciting to see that Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, uh, they study the game as much as they do. Um, Jalen Carter didn't come off to me as a guy who watched a lot of film. He just he just doesn't seem like that kind of player that's going to be his keep his nose in the film room and keep his head down and grind and watch film and practice hard and stuff like that. But uh, seems that he is a quite he's he's a bit of a film junkie because he kind of broke down in an interview last night of how that play went on that quarterback hit. And he, he kind of said he knew it was going to be a pass play just based off how being Cleveland was set in his stance and uh, seeing how the formation was. I was like, man, that, that that's really encouraging to see for some for a rookie that drafted that high and had that much praise of just being an all-around good football player is wanting and willing to learn. Yeah, I think – I think the biggest difference from college to the NFL is like college, you know, you're having fun too, right? You're, you're having time of your life, you know? So you're still, you're 18 going into college. You're not, you're thinking about the NFL, but like you're also on the same time living in the moment, you know? So when you go in the NFL, you have older half guys. The time, with, half the time you're the best player on the field in college. Right. And that's just because you're stronger, faster than everybody else and bigger than everybody else. So now you go to the NFL you're not you're no longer stronger faster than everybody else you might be on par with them so there's like technique that's involved that you have to study you have to see what you know their tendencies are they are they giving away like is a run play is a pass play because of the way the the lineman set so there's a lot of things that you can like you can learn from like your the, the vets like having fletcher cox and like brandon graham and hassan reddick as guys to like learn from that's that's like you can't put a price tag on that. That's that's awesome for their career, and that's, that's going to help them more than anybody like realizes right now. So it may not pay off at this very moment, but in the future you'll see it. You'll see it pay off, and I feel like talk sure, to me when it's like talk to me when it's like year four in right. Jalen Carter's career, and right. let's see how that is. Yeah, and sure, like you know, coming in to the NFL, they have like their they don't have like a high drive, right? That it's kind of like they're come they're going with the motions, but. Now, now they have these people are getting onto them and everything. Like, it's going to happen. And if you want to stay in the NFL, you can't. You can't just be this athletic freak. You got to be. You got to watch film. It's all up to them. It's yeah. all up to them. You can. You can go as far as you can. You can go as far as you want in your career. Is if you put the work in and do it. Like this ain't college where you're just like you said, bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody else, and just like you're playing a pop Warner football team in, yeah. in at your size. Like that's the that's not going to happen in the NFL. Everybody, you're playing against guys who's done this for ten plus years and seen everything, seen guys just like you. You got to show them. You got to show yourself and your teammates around you what makes you stand out and different from everybody else. Right. Yeah, especially for somebody who coming out of college had those, uh, like the reputation for, like you said, kind of being like a lazy player. I mean, Jalen Carter's not fighting for a roster spot. Like he's going to play, he played two snaps last night. He could have just mailed it in. He didn't have to do all the extra studying on tape and show out. But just the fact that he did, you know, like you guys said, it's super promising. And I'd love to see that from him. It was a, it was a great two snaps. It was a great. It was. 
Yeah, the best part is not one mention of it from the Ravens broadcast. I was like, who? Like, what happened there? I couldn't tell who that was. I was like, somebody, like, somebody kill somebody. Yeah, and, you, nobody wants to talk about the pass rushing clinic that this yeah. guy just put on your homeboy yeah. out here. Yeah, nobody, nobody mentioned the word, but uh, you know, it's awesome. You know, I was never like a big like offensive line, defensive line guy growing up because it's not super exciting. But as as I've grown up, it's fun. I so, love to watch it, dude. Yeah. I love to watch the trenches, man, because you see some crazy shit down there in them trenches, man. Guys that big to be able to move like fucking cats—that is insane to me. Yeah, it is. It is, and that's awesome. But you know, it's not insane. The linebacking group. Josh, I'll let you lead this one off. Uh, did you see anything promising from the the linebacking group? And if so, who was promising? Because I missed it. Um, I mean, you know, it seemed like they knew where to line up on the field. They uh, always had eleven guys out there. Um, yeah, <laughs> they knew, you know, stay on this side of the ball before the snap. Um, other than that, you know, I don't know. It's kind of left a lot to be desired. Uh, seems like a lot of our worries about the linebacking core uh were validated last night um yeah, <laughs> yeah really not a not a lot of positive to to talk about yeah i will say i will say the new guys didn't look bad i mean they didn't look terrible yeah, they didn't they make no great. splash they, they didn't make no splash plays you know what i mean but they they definitely didn't look horrible i think if the season started right now one of them two is your opposite starting linebacker of nicobe dean I think Nicholas Morrow had an all right game last he night. He had a – that's what I was going to bring up whenever it uh, came back to me. I was going to say Nicholas Morrow blew up a, a screenplay with a nice tackle. Um, seems so, like he's got some pop too, man. Like, he, yeah. he seems like he can hit. Maybe, maybe maybe I'm wrong about him. Maybe maybe I was wrong <laughs> the whole time. Uh, I don't think it was good that Zach Cunningham was playing in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, I know they're trying to get his – trying to give him some run or whatnot, but I did – you know, I did – whatever. Whatever. Uh, Miles Jack had three three tackles. I mean, that's good. But other than that, I didn't see anything crazy. Um, I know Bryce's boy from it was Louisville, right? Was it Louisville? Ben Vince, what's his name? Oh, Michigan State. Michigan oh, State. Summer. Yeah, he had six tackles. Uh, so second on the team in tackles. Um, so yeah, that's about all I got for the linebackers. I'm not gonna lie to you. I guess. No, I don't know. Uh, uh, I do think they still add somebody. Um, and I wanted to see N'Kobe Dean play. I don't know if he's still – they're holding him out because he's still hurt. But we need to see something from N'Kobe before, before week one. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. Uh, moving on, I guess, to uh, go cornerbacks first. Uh, cornerbacks. We, we have a lot – we have a crowded room of cornerbacks. Um, there are some – like very high potential type players that we have. We're going to have to cut some of them. And that's, that's going to break my heart because I think the whole world fell in love with Eli Ricks last night. Uh, Cause after his pick six, he started jawing somebody immediately after the pick six, he broke up the pass, started jawing buddy that he, uh, you know, he, he stopped. So, you know, I know, I know Bryce knows more about Eli Ricks than, than I do. Do you have anything that, you know, Eagles fans might not know about him that might be intriguing. So, um, he came from, <clears throat> he went to Bama, uh, originally transferred from LSU. Uh, he was a highly touted prospect coming out of high school. Um, he excels like he is a, 
man coverage guru. Like he, I think he led the league or led the uh, led college last year in in like pass breakups and like he and his man coverage skills. Like he graded out as like a ninety one percent in man coverage. He is he's a fiery player. Like you seen that last night. He if he makes a play, he's gonna let you know about it. He's going to tell you he made a play. Uh, he, I don't, he's got good size. Um, I think it's like the bad things about him or like his, his negatives. Uh, he, he's not much of a zone corner. Uh, he wants to play in man coverage. He wants to be on the Island by himself. Uh, good thing. Like there's more good about him than there is bad. Um, he doesn't get a lot of balls thrown his way, but when he does, he usually makes he usually he's usually right there. Like he doesn't get he he doesn't get beat. Um he he's he's willing to tackle an open field. Um I don't know, that's not there's not really much bad to say about Eli Ricks. Yeah. I mean, think about our, think about the, the players we had play last night. We had Reedy Williams, he was bad. Uh Mario Goodrich, who was making a case to be on the team. Uh, Makai Gardner. We had mm-hmm. I'm trying to go through the list. Zach McPherson, and then Keely Ringo. Am I missing somebody? Josh Job. Yeah. Yep, that's about it. I think that's it. Uh, you that's that's tough. Besides Josiah Scott and Greedy, the rest of them they can they could all easily make the team. And if we if we do cut them, I feel like they're not making it through waivers. No. Especially Eli Ricks won't, won't make it now because he had a pick six. Some some teams want to take a chance on him. Uh, so with that being said, after naming all those cornerbacks, Josh, did anybody else stand out to you besides Eli Ricks? Um, I mean Kelly Ringo's definitely shows uh, showed the kind of athlete he is last night. Um. I would say out of anybody, probably, probably Ringo. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just very happy that we have so much talent at the cornerback spot. Uh, similar to receiver, you know, this is something just a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we were definitely struggling. At, I remember, uh, you know, starting Crave on LeBlanc in a playoff game. Um, he played good that game, though. I he did. Know. He did. <laughs> I'll give him credit. But, uh, but I don't think anybody was thrilled, you know, going into the, to be in that situation. So. To be at this point where it's like, who do we? Which of these quality cornerbacks do we have to cut? Like, it's just or put on the practice squad and hope they make through waivers. Um, it's nice. So, it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, I'd say aside from Eli Ricks, Kelly Ringo stood out to me. Um, Zach McPherson did return a punt. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have them on bingo card. I will tell you that right now. That was that yeah, was that was, uh, that was weird. But I think it's because Greg Ward got hurt. Makes sense. Yeah, but still, as Zach McPherson, uh, I don't even think he returned punts in college. Yeah, so Kai Garner kind of stood out to me. He was making some play on special teams. Uh, he got the he got the fourth fumble, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say this uh, to kind of piggyback off of what Josh said. You know, think back about the the last couple of years. I guess before Darius Slay and James Bradbury, or just before Darius Slay. You know, we had at one point we had Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher. 
Bradley Fletcher got cooked every single week. Kerry <laughs> Williams also got cooked every single week. Then we had we had Jalen Mills who got cooked a lot. Ron Darby, Darby who was was okay at best, but he got there's cooked. no reason for that guy to be your number one corner on that roster. Not a chance. Not a chance. So like we've we've come we've come pretty far, you know, with yeah. both cornerback and wide receiver. Uh, I forgot. I was going to mention Keely Ringo the whole time, but you know, sometimes when I get to start talking about like things, I just forget things and it slips up my mind. So Keely Ringo was very up and down. However, I will say the down was in the beginning and he bounced back, which is what you want to see. He gave up a touchdown. He got he got stiff armed and spun around by by whoever that running back was. I can't remember who it was, but he bounced back. Got a Good pass breakup. He didn't give up on a play. What do you say? I think it was Justice Hill, wasn't it? Uh, the running back. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was in the first quarter. But you know he he didn't give up on a play where it looked like it's going to be a surefire touchdown. And he showed off his speed because he he went from barely running to full speed in like two steps. That was crazy. So watching him bounce back and getting that pass breakup and it's good. It's good. You want to see a young a young corner do that and have like short term memory because you could he could easily just thought about it the whole time and been down on himself, but he didn't. So, you know, thumbs up for, for Keeley. You know, I'm excited to see you play a little bit more. He's gonna make the team regardless of what happens, just because they spent a fourth round pick on him. And just I because- think he uh he kind of put that uh he's got <clears throat> his his like knock on him coming out of college was he had stiff hips. Like he can't break on balls very well, but that pass breakup, man, he looked he, like he stopped on a dime and flipped his hips and made a play. I thought that was that was good to see from from him. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to run by him. I I don't think they run by him. No, and if they do, he will he will be there. He will he will catch up. Um, unless it's like Tyreek Hill, but you know, good showing from the cornerbacks. Uh, so. I'm excited to watch the next preseason game on Thursday to see who yeah. who, who makes a play this time. Um, and then that that 53 man roster prediction that we're going to do is going to be fun when we get to cornerbacks because I think once one person will make it, Bryce is going to think somebody else. Maybe Josh thinks somebody else too. It'll be fun, and it's not going to be fun for the Eagles. Moving on to safeties, uh, I want I just want to talk about one person real quick before we get too deep into this. Justin Evans wanted to kill people. And it was very fun to watch. And he, he made he made two tackles. Maybe maybe it was like three. It says on ESPN that he had two tackles, but I think he came in and hit three people for sure. He might have came in late. But he was trying to he trying to knock somebody's head off. He tried to hurt like, somebody. It was like old school football, man. It was like somebody had a bounty on him and he was going after him. <laughs> um, but he's not making the team, I don't think. But I can't wait to watch him next week just to see what he does. Um, Sidney Brown, obviously, he had nine tackles. He led the team. He was always around the ball. Um, I don't think he missed a tackle from what I remember. I feel like he was very, like, surefire. Like, if he got if he got around you, you're going down. Um, who else? Yeah, Terrell Edmonds had a sack, I believe. So that's that's cool, which, I like we talked about last week, I think he, he was. Gonna... He was out there hitting last night, too, man. Was. I was surprised. I think they might put him at linebacker. 
Really? I think, might, I think they might do it. They might make him play like linebacker majority of the time. <laughs> they, they might have to though. Yeah. But you know, we'll see. I'd be all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just start Kayvon Wallace, right? <laughs> no. But I think, <laughs> uh, you know, I think uh Kayvon had an okay game as well. Kayvon didn't do bad last night. Did he? He Did didn't he? he didn't. Do I have a K one? He had a forced fumble too. I forgot about that. Is it, we didn't we didn't get the ball back, but he got he got a forced fumble on a on a decent hit. I put that in my notes. Uh yeah, I don't really have anything else about the safeties. Um Bryce, you got anything you want to chip in? Uh no, not too much. Uh Sydney. Hold on, excuse me. Whew. Uh Sydney um led the league. I mean led the league, led the team in tackles, uh with nine. But man, he plays like like I said before, like he plays his like his hair's on fire, dude. He's just he flies around everywhere. But that aggressiveness, aggressiveness, uh, like we talked about earlier, Chase, like it could put him in like a bad position sometimes. Like he might be in the wrong spot just because he's so aggressive. Um, but and that aggressiveness sometimes you can miss tackles because of that. Uh, but he looked all right last night. Definitely. Uh, Josh, you got anything you want to add about the safeties? Yeah, just to continue on Sidney Brown. I mean, I, he definitely plays super aggressive. Like you said, he plays like his hair's on fire. Um, I mean, I love that. You can't really – I feel like that's something you can't really teach, and I think that if you can harness that, all that energy and all that enthusiasm to play, um, you know, it can be really dangerous, especially as he gets more reps. He gets, uh, you know, more used to the speed of the game uh, at the NFL level and just, uh, you know, ups his football IQ. Yeah, um, he, I think that's going to be really awesome. He definitely looks like he belongs out there, and that's that's important. Absolutely. That's, that's important for a young safety. Is he didn't seem like he was out of position too often, so you know, he just he. I don't think he's going to be that that you know center field safety that I had mentioned in the first episode because I was just super ignorant. But he he will be in he'll be there with the ball wherever the ball is. He'll go see ball, get ball. That's what he's going to do, and that's awesome to have. Um. That's the last thing is uh, kickers, punters, and special teams or all, as a whole. Um, Jake Elliott missed a extra, or not extra point field goal. I do think that Ty Zetner was holding the uh, the kick, so that that might have something to do with it. Uh, punters, I don't even care. Just give me somebody. Get punt God in here. Um, somebody more competent. Yeah. Neither one of these guys look great. Because I can't deal with a shank in an important game again. I can't do it. I can't deal with it again. Man. Um, Aaron Sipos is bad. Ty Zetner has hasn't shown anything to make me think he's not bad. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do about that. That's whatever. Just let Jake Elliott punt the ball at this point. Um, whatever happened to Marquette King? Let's bring him out of retirement. Uh. Yeah, I mean, he played. He played for the. <laughs> what he played? He played for the USFL last year, I think. Right? I think so. Yeah. Just, I mean, he can he kick still the ball. Got a leg. Yeah. yeah. He can. He can do something. Um. But yeah, he currently plays for the Arlington Renegades of the XFL. XFL. So. Yeah, get him. Get him back. <laughs> get him, back. Call him. Uh, He's a. Uh, he's a nice. Or just bring Pat McAfee in for one last run. Yeah. Um. You but, need a lot of money to do that. 
<laughs> You'd have to fork way too much money over to a punter. Ain't no way he's he's, he's quitting TV right now. Yeah, he's making like Jalen Hurts money on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just tell him to show up on game day. That's all he has to do. Yeah, that'll right. work. All right. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll we'll wrap up the special team segment with this because really. Uh, Boston Scott wasn't returning kicks and Britton Covey wasn't returning punts. So there's nothing really to talk about there. So in one word, Bryce, are you worried about Jake Elliott's miss? No. Josh? No. All right, cool. So with all, the, with all those positions wrapped up, we'll, uh, we'll talk about winners and losers. Um, I feel like most of us have the same ones. So I'll just list off my winners, and if I miss somebody or you want to add somebody to the winners group, just – We'll discuss that at the at the end of the winners. So, my first winner, I feel like a super obvious winner, is uh, Tanner McKee. You know, he looked very comfortable out there. Whenever he got in, he drove the ball down the field, which Marcus didn't, and that's something that you like coming from a rookie quarterback. Is he's not scared to make a mistake, and so pushing the ball down the field, thumbs up in my book. Uh, Sidney Brown, we talked about him ten seconds ago. Led the team in tackles. Super aggressive, fun to watch. He's going to be prone to some mistakes based on his aggressiveness, but that's okay. He'll learn. Uh, Eli Ricks, get a pick six, you're going to make the winners. You're just just going to. His stock is definitely up. Um, And then right after the pick six, he had a great pass breakup where he also broke on the ball and probably could have got another pick six if he wanted to. Um, And then my last winner was Moro Jomo, just because I feel like he's a steal. He was a steal in the draft. Yeah, uh, there's. Uh, I listened to a lot of draft analysts talk about. There's like there was no way that he should have been there in the seventh round. Like they had like fourth, fifth round grades on him. And he's going. He's going. I think he's play a lot this year too. I think he will play a lot. Um, I was high on him this year. I there's some people didn't know if he would make the roster and be on a practice squad. I thought he was going to make the roster and actually contribute beyond that like second second wave of defensive defensive linemen that come in. I mean, your boy, Big Milt, right? Yeah, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, any winners, uh, Bryce, that you would like to add that you can think of? I would just – I would throw Jalen Carter in there just based off two snaps. He was a damn shit. He, he was a winner. Yeah. Um, let me think here. I could probably throw Keely Ringo in there just for – He's a loser. He gave up a touchdown, but he was a winner on how he how he reacted after it. Right, right. That's important. Um, I will say, Keeley looked like that ball. He didn't think that ball was going to come anywhere near him, and he was definitely thrown by surprise when that ball came his way. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Josh, anybody you'd like to add to the winner's circle? Um. Yeah, I mean, I would add Tyree Cleveland. I think uh, he's probably not going to make the roster. But, you know, if he had any hopes of making the roster, he had to have a game like that last night. So, yeah, yeah helps himself. Definitely. Um, and then I think I would like to add Tyler Steen um, just because he had a solid, he had a solid game. Um, losers. I can tell you there are two quarterbacks in the losers. One being Marcus Mariota, who can't complete a 10-yard pass. And then Ian Book, who also can't complete a 10-yard pass and doesn't throw the ball away. Uh, stock down for both of them. I think, like like I mentioned earlier, it may be a reaction, but I feel like Marcus Mariota's bad play is slowly but surely allowing Tanner McKee to challenge the back quarterback spot. Uh, Derek Barnett, like I said earlier, he's, he's playing against backups, so 
you know, you would think he would show something, but he was invisible for those six snaps, especially for a guy who was first round pick in 2017. And, you know, I know he's coming off an injury, but still like you should be better than what you're like, you're playing up against. Right. So not a good showing. Uh, Trey Sermon, loser. Um, people are going to hate me because of, because of this, but you know, you said Rashad, most people were saying Rashad Penny had a had a subpar start to his Eagles career. Well, Trey Sermon didn't do anything to capitalize on that slow start, uh, especially only averaging less than three yards a carry and then just not breaking tackles or making like a splash play. Um, and then last but not least, the uh, the linebacking group. Nobody showed anything besides, I think, Nicholas Morrow that one time that we talked about before he blew up the screen. So nobody, nobody like was like, "Oh my God, look potential." It was, it was the same old, same old that we've been talking about. Um, Josh, anybody you want to add to the losers? Um, not really adding to the losers, but just about the lining back and core. Um, you know, I completely agree about that. And uh, Morrow did have that one nice breakup on the screen, but uh, yeah, other than that, not a lot of potential there. So, you know, I'm sorry to see. That's all right. That's all right. We're you know. I think I think how he'll figure it out. Um Bryce. Uh, I would actually I may be wrong for adding him in there for as a loser right now, but uh Nicobe Dean. It's not a good look that he's not playing right now when he actually got some uh seemed like he was fully back at practice a couple of days ago and uh they held him out. You would like to see him get in there and get some game reps before the start of the season, which I'm sure he will. But I think everybody was excited to uh, see what he looked like in his first game. Yep, uh, we'll add one more loser just for fun. I like, I like, um, you know, raining on his parade. Josiah Scott had a chance to make a play, um, <laughs> and he just could not come up with the ball. The ball was thrown over his over his head. He jumped up for it, just couldn't get it. Um, and with, with a game full of cornerback shining for a returning player you don't help your chances out making the team um so if josiah scott's on this team i'm happy um well with that being said we wrapped up the first preseason game uh probably, i think we're at like an hour and 10 minutes or so normally i i don't think reviews will be this long come regular season time but since you know there's so many different players we can talk about in the preseason it's, it's nice to go a little bit more in depth just to kind of yep. kind of talk about the people that might not even make the team. Um, so coming up, I believe our next episode, we are going to, it'll be a review episode because we play on Thursday. So we'll record that on Friday. Hopefully that should be out Saturday morning. And then Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to record one, do our, our prediction episode, uh, win loss record for the Eagles. That'll be fun. Hopefully, not everybody here picks seventeen or no. Um, hopefully, we uh, we're somewhat realistic. Uh, that's about it for the next upcoming week. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, thank you to everybody who has listened so far. Uh, our streaming numbers are phenomenal for a pod that just started three weeks ago. So, you know, thank you to everybody who's listened so far. Um, so if you listen to us, leave us a rating. That way, uh, you know, other people can see us and see that we're good because I think we're good. We might not be, but I think we are. Um, YouTube, you know, comment, like, subscribe. 
share with a friend if you want. Uh, you know, and then um, most importantly, just just enjoy the preseason because I feel like there are too many people that are concerned with a preseason loss. Uh, I've seen it all morning. They're like, you know, can't believe we lost. I'm like, dude, who cares? I didn't go to bed sad last night because we lost, like I would like a regular season game. It's preseason. Um, so that being said. Follow us on all socials at the link lineup. Um, you know, tweet at us. Tell us tell us what you think about the game, um, and we will uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, with that being said, go birds! Go birds! <laughs>